Hey, here's a thought for you. How much do the pieces in your life overlap? For Crystal, what we observed was that everything she chose to make a part of her life complemented her personal values, three of which are humility, learning and service. Her work as an occupational therapist and her faith in her religion served to build onto and strengthen her identity. Liana, who has known Crystal since she was 13, has been telling me about how excited she is about this episode. Let us know if you enjoy it as much as we did. You can, you can. How would you introduce yourself? Yeah, if imagine this is really someone you don't know. <laughs> you don't know me at all. You don't know Shiva at all. Oh. Well, you technically don't really know me. Yeah, yeah. so let's introduce yourself. <laughs> That's true. Okay. Uh... Okay, so my name is Crystal and um, I'm 24 and I've been working as an occupational therapist for about two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think many people don't really know what is occupational therapy. Like when they think about um, this word occupation, they, they think like, oh, do we help people to find jobs? <laughs> or do we um, uh, help people to... I think mainly, mostly, uh, do we help people to find jobs? Mm. Yeah, and so they always, and all, a lot of them get confused. Like we, we would say occupational therapy and then somehow they would think, um, they'll hear physiotherapy and then they'll be like, oh, mm. so you're doing physiotherapy. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, so actually, um, yeah, so actually what we do is, um, you know, as, um, as we live our lives, there are many things that, um, we would take for granted. Lah. So, you know, mm. very simple things like being able to brush our teeth, brush our teeth wash ourselves, clean ourselves, mm. um, feed ourselves and, you know, think about things that you like doing. So maybe, for example, um, cooking or hang out with your friends or mm. going to the park. Yeah, so all these things are what we call as occupations because they occupy our time mm. and they actually um, give us meaning and purpose in our lives. Mm. Yeah, so, um, you know, in our profession, we um, define it as broader beyond uh, what we do at, for a living. La. Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. So actually, um, you know, life will bring us things like, I don't know, accidents, illnesses, mm-hmm. injuries. And so oftentimes this causes us to lose the ability to do the things that we need and want to do. Mm-hmm. And so as occupational therapists, we um, enable people to go back to doing these things that are meaningful to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, essentially it's about still helping them to live lives um to the fullest mm. that they can, despite having a disability or a disease. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So you might wonder, um, as occupational therapists, what do we actually do? You know, in our mm. therapy session, like how how do we help them to improve their functions? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we actually um feel that there's a lot of uh therapeutic benefits in the things that we are doing on a day to day basis. So, for example, if you um want to dress yourself, mm. uh, you have to first um, you know, think about what you're going to wear today. And that's mm. part of, you know, tra- using your uh, cognitive abilities, um, you know, to think about something that's appropriate, something that is comfortable for you, mm, yeah. you know, depending on the situation. And yeah, you're using your brain, okay? And then you're also using your physical skills to take out the clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to um, put it over your shoulder and then you have to button it. You have to zip things up. You're using a lot of your um, gross and fine motor skills. So actually everything you do, um, whether or not you think about it, you're actually um, improving your your physical, your cognitive function. Yeah. Mm. And so this is what we use um, mainly in our therapy. So we try to, um, you know, understand what our clients, they like to do. And we use whatever they like to do um, 
in therapy to help them to improve their whatever um, deficits they have, like, be it their physical function um, or their cognitive function or even their uh, more like psycho-emotional needs that they have, like maybe not having enough confidence to, to do the particular um, occupation that they want to. Yeah. So that's what um, happens, you know, in our therapy sessions. Um, and I think at the core of it, you know, like when we actually function well in our lives, you know, when we get to care for ourselves, care for others, contribute as a productive member of uh, our society, you know, like being able to go to school or work. Mm-hmm. Um, when we actually, you know, engage ourselves with all these things, it really helps to uh, maintain our health and well-being. And that's why it's a... Uh, you know, it's like a healthcare profession. You know, we are all about you know wanting to um, help people live well and live healthily. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of in a nutshell what OT is about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> Can I just say that's the best definition of an yeah. OT I've ever heard in my whole oh, life. Yeah. <laughs> Usually, yeah. people are like they try to explain it, mm. and yeah. then you just still don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that was explained so well, um, and I really Thank like you. the idea of. How you talked about occupation, the word. Because yeah. to be honest, I yeah. only thought of yeah. it as a job, yeah. you know, but it's really about things that occupy your time. Yeah. And that's yeah. a lot of the simple things as well, you know, yeah. you yeah. explain uh, brushing teeth, putting yeah. on your shoes. Yeah. And I did not know that it also encompasses um, the cognitive skills. Mm. I, I didn't realize that. I thought it was just the functional needs yeah. that is mm-hmm. um, more physical. Yeah. But then I didn't know that you guys also work on cognitive skills. Mm. How would that look like? <laughs> what would a, what would a session that would improve someone's cognitive skills look like? Mm, okay, that's a very good question. <laughs> yeah. So actually, uh, if I have to give an example, um, let's say in the um after a stroke, you know, someone suffers a stroke and um it affects a certain part of their brain that um you know what affect their t- ability to attend to a task mm. or even their memory. Um. So. Actually, during the session, we would um, during the activity that we are carrying out. So, for example, if let's say it will be a you know tra- training them to um, brush their teeth, for example, mm. yeah. So um, we would use uh, perhaps certain um, cues um, to help them to attend to the task. So maybe give- giving them very simple instructions like um, you know um, take the toothbrush mm. and like um, squeeze the toothpaste to help them to attend to the task mm. yeah and um, a lot of times with uh, you know cognitive rehabilitation um, there are different um, methods so um, what I just described was you know using the occupation itself to train mm. and there are also um, other ways to, to train someone's cognition la. so mm. for example um, even uh, using uh, perhaps uh, some cognitive strategies like for example um, you know, to improve someone's memory, mm. um, we can teach them um, skills like teaching them to form associations in in mm. in their brain. Like as they process some information, if they can, um, you know, take whatever they have and link it back to something that they've previously experienced, it can help them to retain wow. uh, the knowledge a bit better. Mm. Yeah. So um, there's also, um, I mean, the whole field of cognition in itself can be quite complex actually, and mm. I'm also still learning. Uh, you know how I can improve someone's cognition but we 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 do um you know teach them certain strategies like that as well to cope with it mm. and then if let's say their condition happens to be something that cannot be restored so for example um if the con if the illness they have is 
more degenerative in nature, mm. like dementia. Mm. Um, you know, where someone just um, loses uh, yeah, parts of their memory, you know, day by day. Mm. And so we would um, introduce more compensatory kind of strategies, you know, like um, getting them to write down uh, what they have to do today, um, you know, fixing a schedule for them, mm. um, getting them to write down their life story so that, you know, they can still look back on, you know, things wow. like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that can help. That's really uh, touching. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we... So I guess it's a very client-centered uh, uh, approach, mm. really depending on their um, needs and their, um, you know, what is most uh, suitable for that particular occupation that they need to go back to doing. Mm. Yeah, correct. I feel like <laughs> yeah. um, just hearing you describe a simple task. Yeah. So for example, getting dressed, mm. you have to think about what you want to wear, yeah. what's the occasion and all that. Mm. I would have to say that I take advantage of that fact that I don't have problems mm. with that because yeah. I did not realize the different steps that it takes yeah. to yeah. get dressed you yeah, know just true. taking that the clothes off yeah. the rack mm. it comes so easily yeah, to me and I did it. not realize that yeah. it's a whole process in itself yeah, correct, correct. so that's enlightening <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's really the things that we do every day that yeah. you know we just don't think about it but you know if someone loses the ability then that's when we start to like wow you know what we took that for granted and yeah yeah so really Interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. It's a different way of thinking about yeah. things. Really. Yeah. So I know you mentioned that like people hear OT, then suddenly they, they ask you about physiotherapy. Yeah. Uh, I'm really sorry, but I'm going to do that right now. <laughs> sure. I just wanted to know because um so when we talked previously, you did say mm. that there is some overlap. Yeah. Can you maybe tell us more about that? Mm. 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 Yeah, there is some overlap in a way that um can I just explain what physios, my physio colleagues do? Mm. Um, they are movement experts. Mm. So they um, look at, they are really good with your muscles, your bones, your alignment, your posture. Um, they, they help us to develop and maintain um, our ability to move mm. so that, you know, at, at the end of the day, their main goal is still to return us back to our, our function, like our daily lives as well. Yeah, but they really zoom in on um, this aspect of... Uh, um, the phys- the more the physical aspect like you know physical I mean a- a- another word for physiotherapy especially in the western um, world they call it physical therapist yeah so they actually um, it- it's the same uh, profession like, basically so they um, are really good with the physical aspect they use um, exercise uh, mm. mainly as their therapeutic method mm. like you know ex- exercise is also med- medicine right mm. <laughs> yeah you know like we move our bodies we um, there's a lot of reactions that go on in our body that helps us to feel better to mm. gain the muscle and to gain the strength that we need yeah so um they're really good with that they help us to restore um movement and um our strength yeah so the overlap comes in um where because as occupational therapists ot's for short um we also look at their physical function so whether they have enough um balance to like pull their pants out or whether they mm. have enough fine motor skills so um, this is a part where there's a bit of overlap because both professions are looking at someone's physical function. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that being said, uh, we work very much together in, in many settings and we use different uh, methods to, to improve the physical function. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as I was saying, they use more exercise-related um, uh, as, their, as their main mode to, uh, you know, strengthen muscles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, while we look at um, how do we improve the muscle strength through activities that mm. are meaningful to the um, clients yeah so um, that's where the overlap comes in uh, but actually I recently actually went for a course and um, you know 
it was a physiotherapy physiotherapist that she came up with this very beautiful analogy of um building Lego blocks. Mm. Yeah. And so she actually said shared this with us. And I thought it was such a beautiful picture to illustrate how we work together, um, you know, as as professionals. Yeah. Mm. So she she shared that how PTs, they um physiotherapists, they collect the Lego blocks um and they polish them. So they work on the physical mm. aspects of, you know, things like muscle strength, endurance, balance, uh cardiovascular strength. Um Sorry, cardiovascular endurance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then for OTs, we we build the Lego blocks. So after you know they polished it nicely, they um you know strengthen them up. We build the Lego blocks. So we build on their physical strengths, their mm-hmm. cognitive strengths, their emotional um strengths. We make sure that you know that and they are in an environment that is supportive. They can um you know help them to um do whatever occupations they need to do, and you know so that um this um Lego person you know mm. can actually participate in the occupations that they're doing mm. so I thought that re- really nicely illustrated um, how we are targeting different aspects but you know our main goal is still to rehabilitate someone back to their daily lives and yeah, um, yeah so that you know our clients despite their disability they can still be you know people productive individuals who are yeah. actively engaged and participating in their lives yeah, yeah so I really <laughs> like that, that picture. Yeah, I thought, that I thought it was really nice. Illustrated PTOT really, really well. Yep. Yeah, so... Thank you for sharing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah. got goosebumps just listening to you. Yeah. Because I, I really like the idea of like how you guys are each doing your individual um, part, mm. but really to help that person mm. be better. Yeah, like it's just yeah. patient-centered regardless. Uh. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> also, it reminds me of like when, you know, um, how they say like a hospital can't run without the nurses. Mm. It's because, I mean, obviously it's not just the, without the nurses, but it's without everybody else. You can't yeah. have like, you can't help people without all these different occupations existing. Mm. It's also important in like for just one person's healthcare mm. and welfare. That's true, that's true. I think that's a luxury or privilege that we have in our modern healthcare you know we have a team of um, healthcare professionals working together and mm. everyone is um, they have their own uh, specialist skills and um, you know it really helps to make to deliver care that is um, of higher quality and mm. you know that is more uh, well-rounded and holistic mm. yeah because it used to be maybe just perhaps um, uh, doctors and I mean the doctors addressing our medical conditions which is very important you know they ask mm. Uh, really good at that and um and yeah but I guess now we have the blessing of um you know rehabilitation and you know just um helping someone through their um recovery journey mm. now yeah is that development <laughs> more recent like just having mm. a team of different people working together or is that something that has existed for a long time mm, I would think it's more um as in not from the start I think at the very start, it was mainly like doctors and nurses. Mm. Yeah, and over the years, uh, I think the need for other um, disciplines came up about. Yeah, and if I'm not wrong, um, I think OT started about 100 years ago. Mm. Yeah, so it's definitely not since... All the way back. Yeah, correct. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so... 100 is pretty long. Though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it's not so long. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So going back to you, because right now we've been talking about York, your career right mm-hmm. um how do you feel your values align with the values of an ot 
Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like the question. I think um, it, it's really a, a joy when you can actually do something that is aligned with our values. Mm. And, you know, there's just so much more yeah. meaning to doing your day-to-day job, you know. Mm. Yeah, so I guess... I can share a little bit about my, about my personal journey now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, as to why, how I was even um, um, drawn to this profession of occupational therapy. Mm. Yeah. So um, back in uh, junior college, actually, we had the opportunity to um, attend this healthcare immersion uh, program mm-hmm. at Nanyang Poly. Uh, so they introduced us to the different allied health professions. So um, occupational therapy, physiotherapy, radiation therapists, uh, um, radiography as well. Yeah, and so that was the first time I heard about all these different professions and I was um, immediately drawn to the emphasis of, of OT actually because um, it's all about er- our everyday lives and um, what is meaningful to us and what we do on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis. Yeah, I-, I think it may seem mundane when you think about it but um, I was quite curious, you know, and, and interested um, what people find valuable for them and important to them. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's just such a joy to be able to learn about what's important to them and what are their life roles, mm-hmm. um, what are their daily routines like and what interests they have. Um, you know, and because these are di- still these things are the most important to us, whatever, um, in whatever stage of life, right, or whether we have, we're in the face of um, difficult life events like having a disease or a disability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so I was drawn to the fact that um, yeah, you know, to be an OT, you really um, are going into someone else's lives and really asking them very personal questions. Mm. Um, you know, what is meaningful to you? What, ma- what matters to you? And mm. um, yeah, and so I guess that's how, th- that's where my passion for OT started. And um, yeah, and I guess how it has led me on onto this journey of learning and, and mm. now practicing and still learning. Mm. Yeah. So in that sense, yeah. you feel like, getting to know someone is very important to you for a long time, is it? Yeah, it oh, is. I see. Yeah. Um, was it something you were aware of at that point or was it only when you were exposed to this idea of an oc- occupational therapist that you realised that, oh, you know what, mm. this is something very important to me? Um, actually, I think I was only, um, it, it only came to my awareness that mm. I was interested after I heard that such a profession existed. Mm, yeah. yeah, like I didn't really... Um, no, actually, that I have uh, an interest in, in, in this area. Mm. Yeah, so I guess, um, yeah, it's it's really quite amazing how, you know, different uh, events just help you to discover more yeah, about yourself. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree and that. so uh, I guess keep um, being open to, you know, going for new experiences. I think they will really help in, um, yeah, just helping you discover what is um, truly important to you. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and if I can just share more Go ahead. How, <laughs> how it relates to my values I think um, yeah my, my journey of you know studying OT and um, now being an OT for a while mm. has really taught me to be very humble and accepting which is a value like you know humility is something that I, I think is really important and um, something that I treasure mm. um, yeah and um, in a therapeutic relationship you know I, I, I've learned that it's not about me and what knowledge and skills I can offer and mm. what I can provide. Um, many, um, oftentimes, um, you know, when we get to know them, um, we realise that, um, you know, every one of my clients, they know their life best. Mm. Um, they know what they, what goals um, are important to them. And, and so my role becomes uh, just being a little facilitator in helping them to 
um, you know, tease out and work out, work through the grief of, um, you know, losing their um, daily functions and losing that, um, um, you know, working, helping them to work through the grief of, you know, maybe even accepting a terminal diagnosis or, yeah. um, and to just be there to offer my presence and mm. um, to encourage them to re-engage in life again. Mm. And, you know, kind of like being their cheerleader even mm. uh, and friend, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a very special privilege that, um, that has really taught me to be humble and accepting of what views they have to offer and what, um, what are their hopes. Mm. Yeah, and and so that I think that's something that, um, as I work daily, it helps me to understand more and more how to be humble and how to, um, you know, just, um, see people as as um who they are. You know, yeah, they are very valuable people. Yeah, yeah. So that's another part of how, um, um, you know, my my work as an OT really helps me to practice something that I really value. Mm. Yeah. So one thing I feel like I'm picking up about your job is really that it's because it's so people-centered mm-hmm. and people are a big, line, a big part of our lives regardless of whether it's in career or outside career, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like it really teaches you about how you want to regard people. through. Yeah. I mean, like, your patients will teach you certain things that you want to take in your life, mm-hmm. take into your yes. life, and then you put that in your friends, for example, mm-hmm. right? That is so cool, as in like being able to learn about these things yeah. through your job. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. that is, <laughs> I keep saying that it's so cool, but it is damn cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful privilege, you know, to learn about their lives and to learn from them. Yes. Yeah, there's mm. so much, especially uh, my older clients, you know, mm. they have a whole lot of experience to share with me. And yeah, yeah it's really just learning to yeah learn from them. Mm. And not, because I, I think healthcare used to be very... Uh, What's that word? Like, um, more top down, more um hierarchical. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm the professional and you are I the patient. Yeah. yeah. Like, so if you realize, I don't use the word patient. I always use the word client because mm. um sometimes patient may may just bring across this um idea that they are more vulnerable mm. and um you know yeah and and so I I really think that um now you know we are moving into more collaborative um relationships even in a healthcare setting you know working together mm. understanding what are their wishes and um, yeah and I think it's really um, yeah just a privilege to be able to um, learn from them as well mm. yeah that's what you've said oh. <laughs> what do you makes a good OT because as great as an OT sound I mean mm. I'm sure there are variations in mm. the OT, OT community as well so what to you is a great OT Hmm. I think um the first and I think most important is really um to always be um very ready to learn because our job is is very dynamic and everyone is unique and um and you know the the thing with um um healthcare is that you know there's so much to learn you know mm. from the different medical conditions to treatments and even um, therapeutic methods things are constantly changing and I think it's very important for um, NOT to be um, happy to learn to mm-hmm. be um, yeah just you know to enjoy the learning process because that's what you know we do on a daily basis right yeah and um, there's so much to learn in terms of um, professional knowledge and skills and mm. even um personal um, um our, our, our personal way of relating to our clients and yeah. there's a lot that um I think 
we learn, you know, along the way, how how do we um be um be sensitive towards someone else's emotions, and how do mm. we um you know encourage them in a way that is um respectful and that is um you know that truly empathizes with their needs. Mm. Yeah. So I I think um you know being keen and humble enough to 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 receive feedback and to learn is something that is very important. Uh, you know, in, in, in our job. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that is quite important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, is there like anything you think um, in mm. OT that can, or that you think can be improved on mm. even in Singapore or all over the world? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, coming from a, because I'm working in an acute hospital, so, mm-hmm. um, um, OTs work in many different settings from acute hospitals to um, community settings and um, each setting has its own challenges um, mm. and I think as someone working in, in an acute hospital um, we are always faced with this um, challenge of having enough time and um, um, resources actually to to deliver um, you know therapy that is really client-centered to our to our um, clients you know mm. yeah so if I can just raise up a, a challenge that I face so for example um, we may not have enough time to to really work through certain things with our clients because um, in a hospital you know there are targets to, to, to meet and mm. sometimes it compromises on our um, quality of care mm. yeah but I think um, as a profession um, you know we can probably raise awareness of that to um you know, to the ministry or, mm. um, or, yeah, or, or even to the senior management in our organization, you know, to mm. really, I guess, sometimes highlight these challenges that we actually face on the ground yeah. so that we can, you know, offer care that is um, better and, mm. you know, for our clients. Yeah. And I, I, I think that is something that, um, I don't know, I, I, I see that, um, because actually for occupational therapists, majority of our um, of the therapists are females mm. <laughs> yeah and sometimes I, I don't know maybe it's um, perhaps maybe we're more shy or I don't know or we feel that we can't really um, um, speak up you know in, in, in the medical field that you know often dominated by uh, I guess um, people of higher um, standing mm. yeah so sometimes I, I, I think that because of that sometimes our voices are kind of um, softer mm-hmm. yeah but I, I, I do believe that you know many of my seniors out there they have um, a lot of ideas uh, that they can bring to the um, you know to our healthcare scene you know mm-hmm. you know things like um, emphasizing on um, um, the, the value of um, yeah just having a very balanced lifestyle even mm-hmm. and especially that is very important in helping us to um, maintain our health and to manage our you know, any chronic d- diseases that, that might come along the way. Mm. Yeah, and so I, I think, um, you know, there are ideas that, that we are aware of, aware of but perhaps um, because of, um, you know, certain, uh, you know, those organizational barriers that we face and mm. we don't uh, actively pursue all these mm. ideas that, that we have in our minds. Yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, there's always more that we can... Um, um, innovate and and, yeah. and change mm-hmm. yeah the way how um, therapy is, is being delivered now yeah so I think that's something that we can work on <laughs> I like yeah. that you brought that up because I really feel like it's very important for 
every field mm. um, mm. to sort of be dynamic, you know, to yeah. change with the times and yeah. to always innovate. Because I feel yeah. like there's a tendency to be stagnant. Mm. There's, te- there's a tendency to, to fall back to what's the most efficient at that point of time. Yeah. Mm. But that's not always true in changing times, right? Yeah. yeah it's very sure. important to see what's the next best, best step. Mm. Yeah, and I'm sure that you and your team can bring <laughs> something mm. forward uh, in the hospital scene. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to... <laughs> I don't know how to bring this up naturally. So I'm just going to ask. Yeah. Um, so basically, um, when we were previously talking um, in like the pre-discussion, pre-interview, whatever, um, you were talking about like, occupational justice and mm. I thought it was very interesting. Mm. So could you... Oh, would you mind telling our listeners more about occupational justice? Um, yeah, occupational justice, this is a really, um, you know, important concept that um, I personally relate um, very strongly to. Mm-hmm. You know, essentially it means um, making sure that everyone, um, despite whatever circumstance that they're in, whatever, you know, social, um, economic um, situation they're in, mm-hmm. uh, they have the ability to access the, diff- the wide range of occupations that they need so that um, they can live, um, you know, lives that are fulfilling and that are health-promoting. So you've been working as an OT for about two years, right? Yeah. Um, and I think starting work is difficult for everyone. How has it been difficult for you? Yeah, I think it's really hard. Um, you know, the whole process of transitioning from a student to a therapist and yeah. Um, you know, suddenly, um, whatever that we learn on paper, we have to deliver and, and, and we have to, um, yeah, just provide therapy, you know. Mm. Yeah, and um, I think um, it really helped that we um, had some, we had quite a lot of um, internship experiences back in school. And mm. so that kind of gave us a bit more, um, it helps us to prepare mentally like what we can ex- expect you know in the hospital setting um, and I guess help us to develop some skills that, that we need to really just um, be able to reflect mm. daily and um, yeah to think about what other things that you know we can improve on and um, and I think that that habit of uh, reflecting daily helped me to um, I guess learn each day even until now, mm. um, to, you know, be a better therapist. Mm. Yeah, and um, yeah, definitely always um, reaching out to people mm. who are more senior than me to um, guide me along. Mm. And um, yeah, you know, n- not to let uh, the difficulties just, you know, dampen your your passion, you know. You know, to always remember um, why, why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, I think that um, you know, kind of really helped me to go through the very difficult um, season of transition. Yeah. Mm. But the other the other thing that's very important to you um, mm. is religion. Um, yeah, I, I don't actually know how to transition. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually do want to ask yeah. um, about, like, religion. And um, so does... <laughs> I got the transition. <laughs> okay. <Sure. laughs> you can do it then. <laughs> oh, but as in... Uh, you have a story arc. <laughs> a little bit. I yeah, think. sure, sure. Um, I think as I was sharing about, um, you know, how the OT philosophy really um, 
relates to my own values and how um, yeah, it has also helped me to discover what values that mm. um, I really are important to me. Yeah. I think the other thing about um, OT is that uh, as I grew in my faith, mm. uh, it really helped me to find mo- even more um, harmony in the work that I do. Mm. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I, I can just talk about, like, my faith, is it? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, please okay. go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I guess the, the context is that um, I'm, I'm a Christian, and so I I believe that, you know, Jesus is my Lord and Savior who has, you know, um, yeah, saved me from my sins because of His great love for me. Yeah, And so, you know, when I look at how um, Jesus loves and cares for everyone, um, from the sick to the needy, um, you know, those with... Um, yeah, physical and mental um, um, infirmities and the vulnerable people, the marginalized. And I, I started to catch a glimpse of how um, I'm also called to love and to care um, for all my clients that I meet in the hospital setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, you know, gives me a different um, reason as to why I'm doing the work that I do because mm-hmm. it's beyond, uh, you know, just... Uh, facilitating someone to return back to their lives mm. but it's really all about caring and loving them as they are mm. and you know seeing them as a person and as um, someone who's very precious you know in mm. in in God's eyes yeah and so um, yeah it I guess my my faith has helped me to really even um, yeah appreciate my work more mm. yeah Hmm. Yeah, but I feel like each thing in your life has sort of built upon the same set of values because you, you have this set of you have I guess you've always had this set of values that you know you you um you value people mm-hmm. you, you you really value humility mm-hmm. um and then you sort of started to recognize that by being exposed to the OT field yeah and then after that it's kind it kind of expanded when you got into Christianity yeah and it's all building on the same set of values but just mm. expanding on what you have yeah yeah so going along that line um when do you go into christianity because i i know that you're not born into this Mm. religion so how did you how did it start to become a part of your life Mm, okay um yeah i'm really happy to share about uh, my story and Mm. um yeah i just want to make it clear i'm not you know wanting to impose any Mm -hmm. faith beliefs on on you know our listeners today um yeah but you know i just hope that you know as i share um that i hope that you encourage you even um yeah so i guess a little bit about myself um i grew up with my mom Mm. um and you know she would occasionally visit the temple Mm. um during special occasions um you know i like chinese new year or Mm. when she had a concern yeah so that was how you know the environment that I grew up in so just um, you know being exposed a bit to temples and Mm. um, visiting some of them um, now and then Mm -hmm. yeah so I guess I didn't really think much about religion and um, yeah until I was um, in after I completed my A-levels you know in in, um, after junior college yeah I you know after we finished our national exam we suddenly become free birds, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's this like sudden um, stop in the, you know, the roles and responsibilities mm. that, that we have, you know, we, we can finally um, 
stop from you know having to study every day and mm. um yeah and and so this sudden loss of um student role actually mm. made me feel very um empty mm-hmm. yeah like I didn't really know um what was life about and um and you know what to do even yeah and that was um so yeah when I was you know that was probably when I was 19 yeah so that was when I started to wonder about um you know why am I here for and mm. you know is life just about studying and you know going for exams you know mm. yeah and um yeah and so um the other part of the story was that you know as as I was growing up um I didn't feel very good about myself mm. uh you know we we have um um there's a lot of you know pressures that I guess you face nowadays to to look a certain way or to um you know be able to accomplish you know this uh you know a a, a, an array of um, achievements and all that and I didn't have all that um, yeah and I, I just you know at a point in time I, I, I think I felt very um, I guess not I didn't feel good about myself and mm. um, I felt I guess also unloved even yeah because I, I didn't feel worthy enough to, to be loved mm. yeah and so I was in a very um that place, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, at that point in time, you know, just not knowing um, what I was going to do, not not knowing um, what, what's life all about and not knowing who I am and, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that, you know, drove me to um, start seeking around um, and, and that was when I went to talk to one of my secondary school friends and asked her to bring me to her church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was how I first started to attend um, the church services and, you know, coming to hearing this good news of, um, of the Christian faith. Mm. Yeah, and, and, I, and I saw how, um, I, I realized, you know, how God created humans to, um, you know, have this personal relationship with Him and how He loved us so much that, you know, He would even um, sacrifice His dear son, um, Jesus, to to you know be our replacement you know f- um, because of um yeah I, and to be our replacement on, on the cross for all the sins that we have committed mm. and when I heard that message you know I was immediately um you know I felt that was really what um filled my heart you know mm. I, I I felt that um because God loves me um I I'm worthy to to be loved and mm. I felt that um yeah, it, it really felt like how, um, yeah, my heart was just filled, you know, I, I was so empty, but um, the love of God really filled my heart and that really helped me to um, find um, my meaning in life again. Yeah, mm. because now I'm, I'm not just living for myself. I'm, I'm not just, um, you know, working for the sake of working or, you know, serving others for the sake of, you know, just giving. But now I, I see that, I am um, a child of God and now I am, um, you know, walking in the purposes that he has planned for me, mm-hmm. um, which is really to love others with his love. And um, and now I just see how, um, you know, whatever, you know, whatever life um, brings me in the future, mm-hmm. I know that, um, you know, God is with me and um, he's journeying with me through this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I guess that, that was how I, 
came to know about Christianity and mm-hmm. how that has really changed my life um, from, you know, being very empty and um, lost and mm-hmm. down about myself to, um, yeah, to, to accepting that love and, you know, being able to um, overflow with God's love into the lives of those around me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I really want to talk about your darker times, if you don't mm, mind. Like, yeah. How okay. did you respond to these negative feelings about yourself? Because I feel like, mm. like for me, um, when I was slightly younger, slightly younger, mm. <laughs> when I was younger as well, um, I think I had a lot of high expectations with myself, which mm. I think you struggle with also. Like we're quite similar in that sense. Mm. Um, and then there's a lot of bad feelings that come with high expectations mm. um and i think i i spent a lot of time feeling you know feelings like anger you know angry at mm. myself angry at the world like wh- what kind of feelings did you feel mm. um i think mine were um uh, feeling very um unworthy mm. yeah and i just felt that um i was um yeah just um, unlovable and mm. um, I just felt really you know ugly inside and yeah. uh, I, I felt that I didn't have um, yeah I, I just couldn't um, bring myself to you know accept you know who I am and to mm. um, yeah and so I guess um, yeah when when I you know I, I look back at my um journal when I was writing in mm. um I remember feeling very um down about myself um not you know just feeling very unloved and mm. unworthy um and having a lot of you know self-doubt yeah. about what I can do and what um you know people perceive me even yeah, yeah and um you know just a few months ago I, I went back to dig out my journals from that period of time mm-hmm. um, and I you know I, I saw what you know some of the things that I wrote um, would be things like um, you know insecurities consuming me mm-hmm. and having my teeny bits of confidence evaporate leaving no leaving behind no trace of worth mm-hmm. yeah and things like you know self-esteem hits rock bottom mm-hmm. um, you know having single eyelids mm-hmm. um, a flat chest um, <laughs> yeah, things like that. And, you know, I, I, I actually wrote, you know, just when I learned to appreciate myself for who I am mm. and stop hankering after societal perceptions of beauty, mm-hmm. I wrote things like, you know, struggling to find meaning in my life now. Um, even had this, um, me equals to self-doubt, shame, worry, fear. <laughs> yeah, you know, those are really um, difficult times that that I, I was going through then. And yeah. I think, yeah, it was just this, a lot of feelings of, you know, unworthiness and mm. um, a lot of fears about um, the journey ahead and, yeah, just being worried about, you know, what people are perceiving yeah. um, me as and, um, yeah, you know, really adopting what I can do and, mm. um, yeah, just everything, you know, from from the, from the from within, like, you know, how I feel about myself to adopting what I can do. And, mm. Yeah. That's oh, a really difficult time. Feelings. Yeah. <laughs> It was the, um, really difficult. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, and I think w- what I can really hear from you is that your relationship with yourself really improved when mm. you got into religion. Yeah. Because you were saying how 
um, God loves you, mm. right? And then you, because of that, you feel like you can be loved. Yeah. Regardless of what shape or form yeah. you, you, you take. Yeah, so. Yeah. That must be a big thing for you because yeah, just getting past. I think self-love is very difficult to to acquire. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard. And I think like that's having true. a vessel for you to to take that on, I think that's that's very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um You're right. What what do you think faith offers you right now? Mm. I'm sure that's yeah. a lot, <laughs> yeah. But generally, yeah. yeah. Um yeah, you, you can say that it's really a lot because faith has really um really transformed my life and I cannot think about myself without my faith now even. Mm. And I think um the most important thing about my faith is the this personal relationship that I have with God. Mm. Um you know, I think sometimes um religion tends to be something like um, you know, this faith system telling you to do this and not to do this. Yeah. And, you know, it's somehow sometimes people think of it like, you know, a set of rules that you have to follow. Mm. Yeah, but with, you know, my faith, it's very different. It's a relationship that I have with um, a God who loves me. And um, and yeah, and, and so because of that, um, you know, every single day, you know, when I wake up, I know that, um, you know, God is with me. He knows that i just woken up. He knows whatever that I'm going to do today. Mm-hmm. He knows what I'm going to say, mm-hmm. um, who I'm going to meet today. Mm-hmm. And, and I can just, you know, really rest in that, knowing that, um, yeah, that he is um, orchestrating things um, for for good, you know. Even, you know, if he brings me a trial, um, I know that um, he is orchestrating things for my good and mm. um, so that, you know, I can grow and, mm. and um, bear fruit, you know. Mm. Yeah, so um, I think to me, that's the most important thing about my faith, you know, just having this relationship, you know, I can... Um, always pray all the time. Um, he's a prayer way. Um, yeah, and that's something that I really um hold very dearly too. Um, yeah, and I guess um having this relationship, whatever that I do now, is really um an overflow of what I've already received from God. Mm. You know, because as we were sharing, um. I couldn't love myself until I knew, you know, God loves me. And as I started to receive His love and mm. His grace, you know, just, you know, grace means um unmerited uh, favor, you know. It's something that I don't deserve as a, as a sinner and, you know, as someone who is unworthy. I don't deserve all this love. But, you know, because of His love and His grace for me, um, I feel that I can extend that to um, everyone that I meet. Yeah, and um, to me that is, you know, really um it really helps me in what I'm doing every day because um oftentimes um you know as I meet my clients some of them may may not appreciate or uh, the work that we are trying to do or you know I guess in their um in their physical sufferings you know it's very hard to think about other people and they may sometimes maybe um uh, lash out at you or mm. you know things like that and sometimes it's it's very difficult to serve out of an empty um, vessel if you at, at least for myself if I don't have that love I, I can't give it you know mm. I think if I continue to give and to um, listen to others um, when I'm very empty myself I will really burn out and mm. so um, faith has to me it has really been um, this 
infinite source of um, living waters that just refreshes my soul mm. so that I can, um, you know, give and I can um, give freely because of what I've already received. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of An Open Invitation. We know that life can feel very lonely and we hope that through these conversations, you will be able to find some comfort in knowing that many others feel the same way. Join us next week as we delve into the thoughts of someone new. You can find us on AOIPodSG on Instagram or Twitter. That is AOIPODSG. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts.